0: All right, Running With The Money is back. Another episode, it's bowl championship season, and on this show, I'm Mitch Michaels. We are down with the Brown. Kent Brown calling in. Thanks for making time in this festive year, Kent, to uh, join the show.
1: Oh Of course, it's the day after Christmas, a couple days until what really could be my Christmas present if... Notre Dame Fighting Irish were to beat Clemson and get to get to the national championship game so I'm ready to go I know you're out in Ohio I'm out in LA so let's fire this up kind of bi-coastal and maybe uh have a little bit of luck here luck of the Irish as this goes on probably what are you posting this on Friday
0: yeah yeah we'll be we'll we'll have this up Thursday or Friday it'll definitely be up the day by the day of the playoff games and I know Kent you're excited. It's been a great year for you with picks, with Notre Dame success, and and also with, I think, isn't that true you hit 706 in a softball league this year too?
1: Some people could debate that, but I am going to stick with the fact that it was a highlight softball season, and any time you can get over 700, that's a pretty good thing. And, you know, I'm one of those type of people where I don't care if I'm going up against you know, the guidos or if I'm going up against other types of people, Jim. as long as that – that ball's across the plate. I'm going to put it in play and get the hit.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was uh, You balanced that out, celebrated a bachelor party. It was a great softball season for you. But on the gridiron. And the uh, pitching
1: machine was a lot of fun. Like yeah. That helped, too, because yeah. that really helps with the
0: hand-eye. Yeah, definitely. you to got to grip that and rip it. But there was a lot to talk about in, in bowl season to start. How about this, though, for a start of my bowl season, which, you know, you dabble in the beginning of the first couple games, but for me, and I think for you, it really picks up when what used to be Capital One Bowl week, the day after Christmas, the games start, as we record this on the 26th. I actually can go down in history, Kent, and say I took action on a game that didn't get completed, Boise State-Boston College, the first I can remember, a no contest in a bowl game.
1: I've never seen that before. It's very weird. And now what side were you on? Because I know it was 7 to nothing. At the time of the game, Boston College leading, were you on the Boise side, the BC
0: side? I was on the Boise side. I was losing, but I wasn't freaking out. It was early enough in the game, and just bizarre. I mean, I know some people, I mean, you know, like some things, like we say, how could you never have heard of that? But I really have never heard of this. Well,
1: also, let's just risk it. Have them go out there, you know, who's to say a player is going to get struck by lightning? I don't buy it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's going to And gonna that would happen, inspire sir. the
0: team, right? If they lose a player to death via lightning or any other type of injury, they're inspired and they're probably going to do better. So that only helped their chances. It just seem very selfish.
1: Yeah, and then, and then if you dodge a few lightning bolts, that's only going to enhance just the way you play. Because now you're going to feel like you probably could have been six feet under and instead you're above ground playing the game of football. So I think it's a win-win either way. I'm with you, Mitch.
0: It's just an odd, odd start uh, to see that happen. It does suck for the seniors who don't get to play that game. A couple other games.
1: Well, how about the people that traveled? <laughs> no, the people I that travel for right? the game and pay the money, and they're in Dallas, and it's already bad weather anyways. And I've been to Dallas for Christmas. My brother lived there for years, and uh, it could be pretty bad weather. And then you throw in the fact that, like, the game just gets canceled. Like, I don't know if they refund people's tickets. I mean, you they certainly don't refund any sort of – plane expense or hotel expense or any of that, but I got to think the game tickets, you might be able to get that refunded because if the game doesn't finish, I don't really see how you could pay the ticket and then not have it go through or get refunded. I'm not sure exactly how that works.
0: Yeah, just a bad situation all around at the uh, old Cotton Bowl. Not what you want to see. And, Ken, before we get to some of these other games leading up to the playoffs and the New Year's Day games, I did want to talk to you about that story that came out about both teams, really, the the two top teams in the country. Clemson and Alabama had players that are not going to be playing in the semifinal games. Clemson players failing a drug test, and, and we know one of the premier players is on that list, Dexter Lawrence. But Alabama just leaving a couple players at home. Saban just not traveling with them for undisclosed team violations. Deontay Brown starting guard. No relation, I don't think, to you, Kent. But Deontay Brown not playing in the game as well for Alabama. I mean, these are two loaded teams, but some big-name players, especially on the Clemson side, not being involved in this game. What impact, if any, do you think this will happen?
1: Well, we're not related by blood, but we are Eskimo brothers. So, I mean, there is some sort of relation there. I don't, I don't want to get into details, nice. but let's just Congrats, yeah, Congrats. yeah, we both have pre put yeah, yeah. in up spots down in the southeast that you know. Hey, if you get lucky, you can sort of you can become brothers with a lot of people. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I think for Alabama, it's not that big of a loss for Clemson. Dexter Lawrence is a huge loss because he is an All American nose guard. He takes up multiple blockers. He's the best run stop guy in the entire Clemson team. And as good as Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Furrell, and Austin Bryant are, they're better pass rushers than they are run stuffers. So I think you lose Dexter Lawrence, and now you have to have a backup come in on short notice, a guy that now has to step up. It's not a good look for Clemson, and I don't know exactly what that trace of a steroid or performance-enhancing drug was that three of the players had. It's a weird story because it's a very minuscule amount, and Dabo Swinney was completely defending these guys and Mm -hmm. saying that, You know, it wasn't a street drug. These guys are great kids. But at the same point, I don't know exactly if they're going to play. Even if they beat Notre Dame, I'm not sure they're going to play for the Alabama game if that's who they play for the title. So it's a weird deal. And I think overall, it's a lucky break for Notre Dame. I don't think the Deontay Brown, Oklahoma thing is going to change much because I don't know.
0: If Oklahoma,
1: here's the thing, Lester Cotton moves back into the starting lineup. Yeah, He was a starter on last year's national championship team. He's a pretty good player. So Alabama should be fine. But for Clemson, it's very worrisome for a team that really shuts down the run. And we know that Notre Dame's a team who wants to run the football. And I was thinking before this week that Notre Dame might break a couple runs, but they're not going to consistently run it very well. Now with Dexter Lawrence out, that does open things up for Notre Dame to maybe have a consistent rush the entire game. And look, they're not going to run for 250 yards or anything, but if they can get 170 or 175, that would be huge. And that would put them in really good shape.
0: Yeah, a couple things here. I mean, the Alabama thing is, is exactly what you said. They have a starter from last year's national championship team on the bench. They're going to be fine. Oklahoma's defense isn't really going to – isn't looking and licking their chops at this at any way. I mean, we're still expecting much of the same in that one. But the Lawrence thing, we know Clemson's deep in their front line. This is a guy that you can't really replace, and you're not going to get from a backup. I don't care who it is or what kind of four or five stars they have on their bench. He's not going to be Dexter Lawrence. That drug itself is a bizarre situation. osterine it, it treats – osteoporosis i don't think these guys have osteoporosis at their age but <laughs> devo defending them was uh it was a little bizarre it was like we're gonna we're gonna stick with them until we can't like i don't think he even knows all the facts and i wouldn't expect well, to see them. it's a one it's a one-year ban if you if you test positive for a PED in college now dexter is going pro by all accounts as soon as this as, as soon as the season ends but yeah, I, I think this is a, a huge break for Notre Dame, just on the sense that it disrupts a, a powerful Clemson team that really was hitting their stride.
1: You said it well, and I, I agree with you, man. And, hey, look, when I heard the news, I didn't shed a tear. I may have smiled a couple times, and I might have said, okay, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> yeah, are we still? is this still the Tom Herman bit? Are we still... <laughs> I don't know, but I think... Okay, uh, cool. Okay, cool. Go Irish. You said the same thing in the past, too, but it is a break and it's something to monitor. But you said you didn't shed a tear. I think that's a good segue, Kent, to talk about some of these games that are going to be nice appetizers before the big games. Will you be crying at all during the Miami-Wisconsin game? (laughs) No, I think uh, this year's game is so much less significant
1: than last year's game. It was an Orange Bowl... Last year for Miami, it was a chance to win 11 games on the season, and they were up double digits early and then fell apart. But this year, I don't even know what to expect. I hope Miami shows up and plays well. I think Miami's defense will play well. There's no reason to think they won't, even with Manny Diaz leaving to take the Temple job. But offensively, there's some real questions. Um, Malik Rozier is going to start in this game, and it could be a real slugfest and for Wisconsin, this is just a down year. When you look at these two teams, they started off preseason top ten. Both teams had very high expectations. And now they're both seven and five in a game where you're playing a bowl game in New York City. So it's not where either program wanted to be. I think Wisconsin wins this game, though. I feel like they're the better team and that they'll come out and perform well. But I don't have a great – like. this would generally, for me, be a stay-away game. I don't think either side – you know what
0: you're going to get 100%. Right. I was I was ready to disagree with you. I'm picking Wisconsin to win too and not with a lot of confidence. This is a sad version. This is the bizarro version of the orange ball. Both teams had high expectations. I was just a little intrigued to hear how you would react to Rozier, your brother's favorite quarterback or the one he calls loser. <laughs> I think one or the other. Uh, playing in this game. But Wisconsin running the ball, sure. I mean, I'm not totally confident either. This should be a pretty ugly game and and, uh, yeah, I'm, I think it's it's something to keep us watching. That's pretty much it.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's a good three-and-a-half to four-hour window. It would be nice if Miami can win and finish eight and five. It's a lot better than seven and six. But it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things for either program. Not really. I think that this is just another bragging rights game. It's also like the third time that Miami has played Wisconsin in a bowl game in the last, like, decade. They played in the old Champ Sports Bowl. They played last year in the Orange Bowl, and now they're playing this year. So it's just kind of odd when that happens, because it's not like these are traditional rivals or some sort of deal where like bowl games might try to match them. There's no history of these two programs, but lately they've gone up against each other a couple times, and Wisconsin's gotten the better of Miami both those times.
0: We'll see if we're right, because this show will be posted after it happens, but we are on Wisconsin. I wanted to bring that up, and we're going to get to some of the games on the 28th, because I think that's when we do start to see stuff pick up kent and uh, one of the ones that i'm looking at because I'm, I'm not sure what to expect given the news of who is and and who isn't playing but the camping world bowl in orlando florida good old camping world bowl west virginia and syracuse before my dumb brain realized that players sit out bowl games i was already when i saw this matchup to hammer wilger in west virginia then i realized he wasn't playing but does that affect you it didn't really affect the betters that I mean, it did affect the betters. I should say. Syracuse is now a favorite, oh, yeah. like a one-point favorite. But are you thinking that West Virginia lost all their chance to win this game? Because I'm kind of in the back of my mind thinking that I still like West Virginia here.
1: Not all of their chances, but I do feel like it's a big loss. And it's also kind of a weird one for Will Greer to sit out because he's not an established like lock to be a first-round exactly. pick or anything like that. So he could have probably improved his stock. And for Syracuse, they have a ton to play for. They're trying to get 10 wins. They're trying to finish, you know, cement themselves in the top 20, if not the top 15 in the final AP rankings. It would be a good feather in the cap of, you know, Babers in this program to beat a highly rated West Virginia team to end the season. They don't care who the quarterback is. They just want to beat this team. So I look at this and the challenges for West Virginia will now be you have a new quarterback, in a very quick turnaround here of a few weeks to get him prepared. And you're going up against a Syracuse team that has played pretty well throughout this entire season. They have a really good pass rush. They have a pretty good defense. They have an excellent offense with two quarterbacks that can go there and make plays. So I do like Syracuse in this game. I wouldn't guarantee it like the way that you preface the question, but I do feel like Syracuse should win this game, and they probably win this game by I'll say like six or seven points. I think it's competitive, but that they find a way to win by about a touchdown.
0: Well, I mean, it's Allison Wright starting for West Virginia. Is that the kid starting? Yeah. And he's a Miami right. guy, right? He was. I was on the. Hurricane he was. He,
1: he was a Miami Hurricane at one point, Jack Allison. Yeah. I so, uh, He didn't do. He didn't do he, much there.
0: No, no, he didn't. I I'm gonna pick West Virginia. I'm not entirely confident of it. I do think that offensively they can, they can put up points. Syracuse is gonna do the same. I don't year.
1: think you picked against West Virginia once this entire year. <laughs> I feel like you've always rode the mountain the earth from start to finish, which. You know, for the most part, it turned out pretty well. Yeah. I had a really good yeah,
0: I've been on West Virginia, and, and why leave them now? And the Oklahoma game, we were both wrong in that one, but got the Texas one right, which was a nice bonus. Um, yeah, no, I mean, West Virginia, they're 8-3. It was a solid year. It, I'm going to say Kent Knight, they would have been 9-3 because I just think North Carolina State's a bunch of frauds, but another solid year. Another solid year. Uh, for that team, and, and I think this should be a fun game, one I'm looking forward to. One I think you're looking forward to, if I had to guess, would be the Alamo Bowl because it's got the Pirate match oh, yeah. taking on Matt Campbell in Iowa State. And as far as non-New Year's Day, non, non-traditional great games go, I mean, the Alamo usually puts together some top teams. I'm really excited for this game. It's got me in that middle where it's almost a too-close-to-call matchup. West Virginia out. West Virginia is playing in the earlier game. You got a nice little evening at the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. I know you're an Iowa State guy. You've got a lot of property and real estate development deals going on in Ames. Is that where it ends? Do we cut them off for the new year coming up, or one more ride with Iowa State?
1: I'm all in on Iowa State in this game. I think the Cyclones are going to win. Washington State's just had some horrible bowl performances. I saw a stat that Mike Leach has only covered one of the last eight lines that he's coached in bowl games. That's concerning. And remember, they got blown out by Michigan State last year. They got blown out against Minnesota a couple years ago, and that was a Minnesota team that had like 20 guys suspended, something crazy like that, where I think six of their starters on defense and like four of their two deep and the secondary were just gone. Like They all were suspended, and they still couldn't move the football in that game. So I trust Iowa State's defense. I expect them to show up. I love some of their offensive playmakers. You know I'm a fan of Montgomery and Purdy and, you know, this entire Iowa State team. And Hakeem Butler, is the wide receiver, is awesome. So I'm going to go with the Cyclones here, and I feel very good about their chances against Gardner Minshew and this Wazoo team. And when you bring up the Alamo, of course, you got to bring up the fact that there's a basement in the Alamo, or so I've heard, and Alamo Bowl histories. Whenever you look back at the Alamo Bowl, you always have to start off with that heartfelt the defense putting Jerry Sandusky on their shoulders and walking him off the field against oh. Texas A&M. That was just an all-time, that was a tearjerker if I've ever seen
0: one. Hey, uh, a that I don't appreciate that phrase. But look, uh, you just bring up all these moments, and it's, it's, don't you think it's great that we can retroactively look at comedians' jokes and, and moments in time and be like, that's a little uh, uncalled for? Or is that just me?
1: Also, yeah, and also if you really want to start breaking that down. I mentioned Diallo and Pee Wee Herman. I mean, there's you look at that guy's history. Is that, movie, is
0: that a movie theater? Is that what the Pee Wee Herman?
1: Yeah, there's some stories with that guy. And uh, I can tell you a few off the air that I've heard from uh, a couple friends of mine that probably would not make this podcast, but probably they are not. all all time stories uh, to describe the actor known as Pee Wee Herman. That's all I'll say. Granted though, I do think one of my favorite ten movies ever is probably Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So oh, wow. at some point you gotta separate the art from the artist.
0: Yeah. Some we people don't do it. I, I mean, do it. We said he's good in movies, not good at movie theaters, but I mean that's pretty much it. Washington State, I'm rolling with in this one. I know they the lines drop from about six and a half to three. Minichu is going to be trying to secure his draft stock. This is an audition for him. I think he's going to come out guns blazing. And the last time, Kent, we saw Iowa State, correct me if I'm wrong, they were playing Drake. It wasn't exactly the best look for them.
1: That's true. That's true. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I, I I don't think that game has necessarily a whole lot to do with how they'll look in this game. And they're a program that's excited to be there. I think if you look at Wazoo, they're They're starting to be one of those programs that they lose that Apple Cup and they put so much into that that afterwards it just doesn't matter the next game. And I think they might kind of be in that same mindset. And these are two teams I generally root for. But in this one, you know, when it comes to the Hawkeye State and it comes to the great people of Iowa, I'm going to side with them on most things. Although we'll discuss Iowa and Mississippi State later, and let's just say I'm not as high on the Iowa Hawkeyes Mm. as I am on the Iowa State Cyclones.
0: Yeah, I uh, i would uh, I would agree with that, too. But we're going to get to some other games before we get to the playoffs. And I'll ask you this, Kent, just because there's a lot of games. And, you know, we don't have to break down every single one. But there's, are there some games going on in the next couple days before we get to New Year's Eve, obviously not counting the playoffs, that you're really looking at maybe like a, a best bet situation? Anything that really stands out to you, even if it's not the two flashiest teams?
1: Oh, I mean, there's one in particular, and it's your old Ohio State interim head coach and his Cincinnati Bearcats going up against Virginia Tech. Cincinnati's been a really good team this year. Their disciplined defense, Virginia Tech's defense has been the worst. It's been under Bud Foster. And the fact that it's right around a five or five-and-a-half point line, I think that Cincinnati wins by at least a touchdown. I really like the Bearcats to win win the game, but also win convincingly against Virginia Tech in that one. And that's over at uh, Navy – a uh, Memorial Stadium, whatever bowl game that's considered. Oh, what's that game called? It's not Armed Forces. It's the uh, the Military Bowl.
0: Yeah, it's the Military Bowl in Annapolis, and I am in full agreement with you. It's it's a ten and two team. I know Virginia Tech plays in a in a Power Five, quote unquote. I'm doing the air quotes like that old Chris Farley character. Because the <laughs> ACC yeah. is kind of a joke. Five and a half points, way too low. Love Cincinnati in that one. How do you though feel about another one that I really like? I kind of like Auburn to wax Purdue. I'm kind of leaning. No, I don't. don't. I don't. Right? I,
1: I would go. I would go Purdue on that one uh, if yes. I had to, and mm. that's basically a coin flip game in my mind. But another one I really like, Mizzou, mm. is an eight-point favorite. I don't get that. I think Oklahoma State's going to show up. They're going to play well. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Oklahoma State wins the game outright. So the fact that you get eight points, I love that. I think the Pokes either win or they lose close. And so if you're going to give me eight points in Memphis against Mizzou, I just don't know why the Missouri Tigers are an eight-point favorite in that one. What? So I'm all locked in with the Mollet okay. and with uh, with the with the Twitter troll known as Mike Gundy. But back to what you said about a game that is going to be fun is Purdue Auburn. It's that morning game out here on the West Coast, early afternoon on the East Coast. And it's, an Auburn team that I don't think has a ton to play for. They probably don't respect Purdue much, and Purdue's excited to be there. They want to get this win. They're probably going to be pumped that their coach decided to stay. Everyone thought that Jeff Braum was headed to Louisville. He decides to stay there. And then you get it in a cool place like Nashville. I think Purdue's going to be ready to go. And Rondell Moore, one of the five most fun players to watch, unless you're an Ohio State fan. And then in that case, you probably hate the guy, but yeah. Rondell Moore's a lot of fun to watch, and I think he's going to have a big game, and I think Purdue wins that game.
0: Yeah, well, and and I do disagree with that one. I just think Auburn, I think they're. I think last year was the wake-up call, like we got to show up for bowl games because that CF game was uh, not what they had in mind. I actually like Mizzou to cover that one, and part of the reason is the Drew Locke factor, now that he knows he's, he's back, he's playing in the game, so we hear... And uh, moving up the draft board with Herbert staying in school, but Oklahoma State quit at the end of the year, and uh, we we saw the last couple games. They get up for really big games. Will they consider this one a really big game? I, I'm not. I'm not so sure. Mizzou should. Mizzou obviously, I honestly, Kent could have been ten and two this year. So I think that line is about fair. I think it could go either way. I'm not expecting an outright win at all, but I'd say Mizzou with reasonable confidence can cover this one and should.
1: I don't agree with you. We are just disagreeing left and right, man. I
0: kind of yeah, like it. I do. Sort of, I, what about you know? Pitt Stanford? Are you going to be crying watching that one? Or that that game is one that <laughs> I want to have no action on whatsoever because my God, anything could happen.
1: Yeah, if I had to pick it, I would take the points just because I don't think either team necessarily is a great team. They're both pretty average. But if you're going to give me six points or five and a half points, I would take that in this game. But I wouldn't feel great about it. Yeah, like this is not one. There's a ton of other bowls I'd rather put money down on. I don't think Pitt-Stanford Pitt is going to be the one that I'm putting you know, thousands of dollars on. I feel, I feel like overall maybe maybe you add it in a teaser with one or two other games that day just because there's a bunch of games on. But realistically, there's a lot better breath out there.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, well, one of them isn't. I mean, nothing says Holiday Bowl like Northwestern in Utah, let me tell you. I mean, that is just... <laughs> My goodness, what a sad state of affairs San Diego has football-wise now. Um, but And then again, Texas A&M, NC State, just quickly, hate NC State, love A&M. You could have thrown a lot of points at me, and I wouldn't feel bad about that one. So all in on A&M. And I do, I do agree with you. I'm picking Mississippi State in this one over Iowa in the Outback Bowl.
1: Yeah, it's just shaping up. Noah Fant is out for the game. He's one of the Iowa's top tight ends. Uh, Mississippi State, Jeffrey Simmons, and Josh Sweat are playing, or Montez Sweat, I should say, are playing. And those guys are big time. They're both going to be first-round picks next year. And those are tough defensive linemen. This is one, the over-under is very low and for good reason. This is probably going to be a game that if you can get 21 points, I feel pretty good that you're going to win this game. So this is one I would actually probably on New Year's Day, if you're looking for a teaser, tease this up to 50. Right now it's at forty three. I feel very good. It doesn't get in the fifties, and this is a you know one of those early games. I also, frankly, just to throw this in there now, I like Mississippi State to beat Iowa. A little SEC Big Ten. I like
0: wow. Kentucky to beat Penn State. Wow. I think Kentucky they I can run the football. You know, I, I yeah I I'm taking the points, but. I, I'm not all the way there yet. Give me them. a couple it's more the days. And they're all in. Yeah, give me a couple more days and you might get me there, but I'm definitely yeah, in it's my it's bed it's for the points.
1: It's the biggest postseason game Kentucky's had in football since Tim Couch in Kentucky played Penn State on New Year's Day back wow, in like 98 right. or 99, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they have a really good defense. Stoops is a good coach. Benny Snell was one of probably the best. 20 or 15 running backs in the country. And Penn State has allowed a lot of rushing yards over the season. I expect Kentucky to win this game, and if not, definitely the point. So if you want to do an early teaser, maybe you either tease Mississippi State and Kentucky, and you get Kentucky up to like two touchdowns and miss State to a pick, or you throw that over under in on that first one, and you're sitting pretty in those early games. Because I tell you right now, I wouldn't really waste my time on LSU and, and UCF. Well, yeah. That, to me, is just an all-out-of-void type of game.
0: I, I just I, I want to say one thing as we get to the New Year's Six games here, here on Running With The Money. Michigan-Florida Michigan, Michigan Florida playing again in LSU-Central-Florida. I just don't like those matchups. Michigan-Florida just does nothing for me on a lot of reasons, plus we, we saw it last year. I was a little disappointed we didn't get Florida-Central-Florida Florida, and LSU-Michigan. I, I, I just want to point that out. That said... I probably would pick Michigan and yeah, – I'm in a – I'll say LSU, but it's it's close. If Milton was playing, there's no way I would take LSU a touchdown favorite. But I still think – Well,
1: they wouldn't be favored by a touchdown if he was
0: playing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, we'd have to see what would have happened in that championship game. We're in an alternate universe at that point. But um, I feel confident with, with Michigan in that one. I know we we rag on Michigan. I love doing it. It's awesome. But Florida just just really caved it down the stretch in a lot of their big games, and I th- yeah,
1: we really are like the trifecta. <laughs> Our <laughs> podcast is like the trifecta <laughs> fans the Michigan fan paid. It's Ohio State, <laughs> Michigan State, and Notre Dame. It's the three teams that Michigan <laughs> not, can't not, beat.
0: Not popular, yet. Yeah, not popular in and Mich- Ann Arbor and the Harbaugh, Harbaugh household. I guarantee you. Um, but hey, Jim, the best is yet to come. Did you got that lifetime contract? Keep working, you might beat Florida this year. Those... Yeah, the best
1: news he got was Urban Meyer retiring.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, those games just—I don't, I'm not excited about it. I'll, I'll be honest. The fact that Florida and Michigan are playing the same day as the playoff games, I could care less about that game.
1: Yeah, that's going to be one for for me. It's funny that I'm kind of glad it's a game. I really don't care that much about that morning because I'm like, I love the time slot that Notre Dame, Clemson is. It's one o'clock out here for me. I can kind of just like you know watch game day when I wake up. Start making some food i'm gonna take it easy and not like i'm not joining kind of the crew that we watch a lot of games with i want to just keep it low-key you know probably make a few like pittsburgh style like maybe halushki or something like that and sort of just uh settle in watch notre dame clemson and if i can catch the end of florida michigan if it's exciting then cool i'll probably watch the fourth quarter i can't i can't imagine i watched almost any of the first half of that game so i'm a I'm pretty pumped that that's that game, and I don't like either team. So it's one of those where I have no rooting interest in that game. If I were to bet in it, that would be the way you, be, get, you become interested. A couple times the Penn State has played Florida State over the years, I always find somebody to bet with. That way I actually have rooting interest in that game. And truth be told, when those two teams play, I usually end up betting Florida State because I still don't want to root for Penn State, even if it means Florida State beating them. But uh, overall, Michigan-Florida, you can have it. Peach Bowl, I'll probably watch the last 10 minutes of the game if it's exciting. And whoever wins, wins. Uh, I guess I would say Michigan will win. They still seem like the better team to me, even with Rashawn Gary, uh, Devin Bush, and Karan Higdon all missing the game and skipping it for draft prospects. I can get why Gary and Bush are doing that, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand why Karan Higdon – he's not a first-round pick, so why doesn't he try to improve his stock – And also, Rashawn Gary, that guy just disappears in big games. I mean, he's not that productive. NFL teams love him. Maybe they feel like he'll be one of those guys. When we get him in our system, he'll become a playmaker. But I I mentioned a couple names earlier, Montez Sweat from Mississippi State, Josh Allen, the outside linebacker, DN from Kentucky, just name a couple. Those guys are way better college football players than Rashawn Gary was. So I have some more questions about him, too. But, yeah, I'll, I'm with you, Mitch. I'll, I'll say Michigan wins this. Don't really care and don't really want to watch a whole lot of it.
0: I mean, to be fair, though, Ken, we got to be fair to the Michigan fans out there. Why? Gary sat out other games. Like, he sat out the Ohio State game, too. So... I mean, he well, did. He, did. He, he he didn't play in that one either, to best of my knowledge. But I don't,
1: I don't, I don't think any Michigan player played in
0: that game. Not on defense, not at all. Uh, God, that cornerback had a rough day too. You hate to see that, don't you? Um, the other games before we get to the playoff games, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, starting with the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Kent, you know, I'm excited that I'm going to get to go this year, watch Ohio State play in it. Or, uh, oh you are going yeah i am going confirmed we'll I'll be, be there. there we'll be I'll, there
1: i'll be there as well
0: oh we'll have to we'll, have to, we'll have to see the tailgate the rose parade do they let you do they let you uh, ride in the rose parade this year have you gotten that i'm actually issue?
1: going i'm actually going to i'm actually going to rose bowl media day on sunday as well i'm going to go interview dwayne haskins and byron murphy and a, a couple other top players from washington so I don't think, I don't, ha- I don't believe I have the one-on-one Ronaldo style interview no. set up with Urban Meyer, okay. but if they happen to have oh me God. ask him, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll give a little love to the, to the uh, other running with the money, and yeah. you know, I might even mention him that some of us bet against this team a few times this year.
0: I just don't want you, yeah, we had our co-host who uh, faded you every chance he could, just out of spite. Just don't ask, just whatever questions you have to ans- ask, don't ask the first question always, why didn't you go to Notre Dame? <laughs> I feel like that's going to cross your mind every time, but th- as long as that doesn't happen, you should be good. I'm trying not to be biased, Kemp, but I like Ohio State a lot in this game. I think it's, gonna, I think it's shaping up well. I like the matchups the more I look at it. I think Ohio State can have success against a pretty stingy defense in Washington. And after watching Washington's offense down the stretch this season, I just I don't know that they're the team that's gonna exploit Ohio State's inefficiencies on defense. I'm feeling pretty solid about Ohio State covering this six and a half, we'll say, point spread based on what I'm seeing. I think
1: I think this is a really intriguing matchup just because of what you were saying is Washington's defense, they're great at stopping the pass. Like that is their thing. They have three superstar defensive backs, two of which will probably be first round picks in next year's draft. And those guys are awesome. They have a bunch of playmakers up front, but they love to stop the pass. What does Ohio state do really well? They pass the football. They don't run the football that well. So it's kind of like Washington strength meets Ohio state strength. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, Washington doesn't pass the ball. Well, they really don't even try to attempt a lot of downfield passes, but they can run the ball pretty well with miles Gaskin and Ohio state. They've given up a lot, especially in the running game, over the course of this year. So I actually think this will be a fairly close game. Ohio State, with this Urban Myers last game, and Dwayne Haskins' his last game, because he is going to go pro. For sure. All of a sudden, this, this is a big game for those guys. Urban does not want to end this in his only Rose Bowl appearance ever, a loss, and Dwayne Haskins also does, doesn't want to. This isn't to say Washington wants to lose the game, but I do feel like Ohio State finds a way to pull it out, But I expect it to be a four-quarter war. I would take the points in this one. I don't love the fact that Ohio State is around the touchdown favorite. That seems like way too many points for a team that was pretty inconsistent a lot of the season. And Washington, we know the defense is good. It's just can they score 27 points, let's say, or 28. If they can get up in the mid to high 20s, they have a really good shot in this one. I think they'll end up in the low 20s, and they'll end up losing somewhere around – you
0: know, 24 to 21 or somewhere in that frame. Th- if this game turns into a shootout, I think we both agree that Browning is not really the guy for uh, a victor in this one. So, And what's
1: the over-under in this one?
0: 58. 50, yeah, anywhere between 58 and 57 and a half, 57. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking oh, at... Man, I, I... I think I love that under. Yeah, wow. Ohio State's offense has really come along, but I, there is definitely truth to what you're saying. They were inconsistent for most of this year. That one should be fun. As that Sugar Bowl game, though, the last game before we get to the playoffs, Kent, George 13-point favorites against Texas. Um, I look at it two ways. One, I think it's no secret we both agree Georgia is the better team. Now, what this comes out one of two ways to me. Are they going to come out on fire, pissed off, we should be in the title game and we're going to stop Texas because of it? Or are they going to come out and not be focused and not really care about playing in this game? That's a big question to answer considering you're a 13-point favorite.
1: Yeah, that's usually the age-old question in so many of these bowl games is who's motivated, who wants it more. And if Georgia wants it more, they should win this game. But 13 points does seem like way too many because – Texas has a bunch of playmakers. We've seen them go up against Oklahoma a couple times. They beat them once. They were in the game the other time. They've been there against a lot of big time opponents. And for Georgia, as good as they are, they did blow a fourteen point lead. They did lose by twenty points to LSU. This is not a team that necessarily has ripped off a bunch of like seventy to seven wins all year and tripped up on a last second field goal. They were, you know, I thought Georgia was a very obviously a very good team this year, but I'm not sure they're two touchdowns better than Texas. So this is also a huge game for Texas. It's the biggest bowl game that they've been in in a long time. When you look at the late, late Mac Brown years, they were starting to fall down. Charlie Strong, they never really turned the corner and went to significant bowl games. So now you have Tom Herman in. He's putting them in a position to go to a Sugar Bowl, and I expect them to show up and play well. Texas loses this game most likely, but this is probably one if you really want to just take Texas – you almost should sprinkle some money on that money line because a lot of times in these type of bowl games, if the team doesn't cover cover, they probably just lose outright. And it wouldn't shock me. Like if that, if it's close, the Texas maybe pulls it out because when you start looking at these big two touchdown type of spreads with this game, with the cotton bowl, with the orange bowl, are all three of those teams really going to cover all three of those, let alone win those games. I'm not so sure about that. So Again, I'll take Georgia to win, like Texas to cover.
0: Yeah, I think I'm I'm in the exact same boat as you, Tom Herman, Sugar Bowl. You mentioned some yeah. uh, some excitement there. I think he's really excited to, as you say, direct quote from Kent, maybe pull it pull it out, pull out a Texas victory.
1: Exactly, that's the whole thing. You got to make sure you pull it out, and then hopefully, you know, when you get finished. You can sort of give some tips to the people on how to get
0: through and finish the right way. Right. It's all about it's all about finishing the right way. I think we've we've established that with Tom Herman. Yeah.
1: He's you want to be a, classy. remember last year's bowl game? He was not classy. He was getting in arguments with right, Drew Locke, Locke and Drew
0: Locke, yeah. and all that. Like, but it's it's a new you year. You don't want to do that. It's a new year. He's got a great support system, starting with his wife. I mean, everybody's on board that this is.
1: He's a trooper. Tom There's no, dude. There is no denying that.
0: This is how Tom his life. Herman is. His, <laughs> okay,
1: Tom cool. Herman's life. It's, it's funny. We've now mentioned two different Hermans, and they've both been apparently in some situations out in public areas. And I'll say right now, if you're if you're going to tell me I get to hang out with Tom Herman for a day or Pee Wee Herman. I'm taking Tom Herman.
0: That that's a tough one, right? What would the line be on that one? <laughs> that's a, we got to. Well, we, we already
1: know. Well. <laughs> No, you, oh, mean yeah, long, you mean how long that's would the? be? Yeah,
0: that's true. I walked, walked right into that one. That's a Freudian slip for the ages. Uh,
1: Somebody tells me Tom's wife will finish it off and yeah. you know <laughs> add a few nummies or whatever else you need. Uh, you never,
0: you never know. All right, Kemp Brown money and the Running with the Money podcast here as we get to the playoff games. I do want to shout out to our, our co-host who's missing in action this week because he's on vacation. Want to wish him the best, Matt Gothard and. He's done a great job this year getting the podcast going, making some picks, keeping it entertaining. I don't know where he is exactly, Kent, but I did see a picture on, uh, I think it was on one of his social media accounts, or it was just sent to us, but it was a big bowl of uh, what looked like soup and said, don't eat unless your name is Kyler Murray. So, I don't know where And,
1: and I've heard <laughs> he might be, might be trying to start his own offshore sports book, so we'll see. We I'm not going to say where it's happening, but I'm just saying he, he might be looking into that.
0: We should just start with Alabama, Oklahoma, because I think we'll just breeze through this one, right? Alabama minus fourteen. Oklahoma is coming into this game as the fourth seed in the playoff. The late night game, the I guess not late night game, but five o'clock on the West Coast, eight o'clock East Coast, seventy nine and a half. So runner, prime time game, Bama by fourteen. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it just the way we've been? Isn't this the easiest bet of the bowl season?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, unless Hollywood Brown is playing and he is somebody who lights up this Alabama defense, I just don't see Oklahoma matching point for point, touchdown no. for touchdown. No way. is probably getting at minimum six touchdowns. I feel very good they'll get seven. And if they do that, that means their basement is like 50 points, like for 49. <laughs> and I, I think in this game they're probably getting in the 50s. And for Oklahoma – you can say they'll get in the 30s. So I actually do like this to go over. I think it will be over the 77 or 79. But for Alabama, I think they win by about three scores. So I'll say 55 to 34, or 55 to 33, somewhere in that mold. And Tyler Murray's great. Oklahoma have outstanding coaches on the offensive side. Their defense has been a total mess. And for Alabama, they just keep, Keep it going. Two is not 100%, but even 85%. He's still going to light up Oklahoma. Right. And the only, chance, the only chance Oklahoma has in this, they better win the turnover battle by a wide margin. Probably at least two, if not three or four, because Alabama's going to move the football all game. It's just a matter of can you force the turnovers and get them off the field, because I don't think they're forcing them to punt very much. So Oklahoma's going to have to take risks. They're going to have to be aggressive, which they always are. And they're going to have to, on defense, go for the strip. Maybe you sacrifice, if we miss this tackle by going for a strip, that goes 70 yards. Well, they're probably going to go 70 yards in two or three plays after that anyway. Right. So you have to be aggressive. You have to try to go for the turnovers. And I think Alabama knows this. I expect Bama, ball control-wise, run the football, limit possessions for Oklahoma. Maybe that's the one way Alabama doesn't score in the 50s is if they're so good at running the football, ball control-wise, that they take up six, seven, or eight minutes on a bunch of drives. But this Bama's offense is the best we've seen under Nick Saban. The defense is pretty damn good. It's probably not one of the better Nick Saban defenses, but it's still top ten this year in college football, and that's more than good enough with their offense to probably win, as I said, by about 20 to 25 points.
0: And you got the Saban factor of he's been touting up. Oh, that's the Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. They didn't pick your guy. They gave it to they gave it to that team. So I think oh, yeah. they're going to be motivated for that. Uh, I think this is a situation, Kent, where we're doing first half, we're doing full game, we're doing over. I like all three of those bets in this game for Alabama. I I think this is just not, sure? not the matchup for Oklahoma, and I think it's pretty simple, straightforward. I'm kind of. Really digging this next one, though. Notre Dame-Clemson, as I know you are, the line that opened up at 10.5 points is now up to as high as 13 on some sites. 12.5 is what I see it settling at, but that's almost two touchdowns for Clemson in the 2-3 matchup. Undefeated Notre Dame taking on undefeated Clemson, an over-under at about 55.5 points. And Kent... I will not be joining you in the Moneyline Notre Dame bet because even with Lawrence out, I think Clemson is going to win this game. But that is just a ludicrous, borderline ludicrous points to be giving away. I just can't see 13 being reasonably covered or a reasonable person not on a a bender or a Tom Herman-style bender. I don't see a reasonable (laughs) person saying, well, this makes sense, 13 points Clemson, they should have their way with Notre Dame. I don't think it's going to be that easy.
1: Yeah, if you look at Notre Dame this year, there's not a whole lot about them that says that they should get blown out by this Clemson team. The defense has been very good all season. It's shown up at every game. It's been reliable. They have playmakers all over the defense. And offensively, with Ian Book, the one thing that they do pretty well with him is they get rid of the ball quickly, which does negate a little bit of that Clemson pass rush. And Clemson's back end has been somewhat vulnerable. They've given up. 500 yards twice this year to South Carolina and Texas yeah. A&M. And not Those even are two the better off.
0: Yeah, and not even premier, I should say, of the SEC quarterbacks. They were getting gashed by mid-level SEC passers. So I agree. I, I think, God, I, I really – I like this to be close going into the fourth quarter. Then is where I see Clemson winning by, I'll say, about seven points or so.
1: Yeah, we mentioned Dexter Lawrence earlier. It's a huge loss. I was feeling pretty good about this game, anyways. I feel like it's a good matchup. And Notre Dame, they're going to win one of these games eventually. At least I sure hope so as a fan. And they've been so close over the years where they fall short. And they've won a lot of big games under Brian Kelly as well. Don't get me wrong. They've beaten. I don't want to hear the thing about speed or this or that because I don't really buy that at this point. Notre Dame recruits pretty much as well as Clemson in many aspects. They don't quite recruit as well on the defensive line, but usually they both are hovering in that 7 to 12 range in terms of recruiting classes. And Ian Book's been great. Dexter Williams has been great. The offensive line's been pretty good. And defensively, they're stout on all three levels. So I'm going to predict Notre Dame to win this game. I already took them on that money line. I think I got it right around plus 385 or so. And for the Irish, you go out there – you don't turn the ball over. You hit Clemson deep a few times, hopefully. Notre Dame's receivers are big, and they're going to be a real challenge for Clemson's defensive backs. And defensively, also Trevor Lawrence, and, and this is where I think Notre Dame has a slight advantage, Trevor Lawrence, this is people are acting like he is a fourth-year veteran starter, as good as he is. And Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be a number one pick in the NFL draft in a few seasons. But for now, he's a freshman. This is by far the biggest game he's ever played, and he's going up against a lot of veterans: Jerry Tillery, senior; Tavon Coney, senior; Drew Tranquil, senior; Julian Love, junior, first team All-American. I mean, all those guys are veterans, and to expect Trevor Lawrence to go out there and just be completely calm, cool, and collected the entire time is probably asking too much. You know if he does, that says. So much about him and maybe he does he has the talent that he could go out there and throw for 300 and but nobody's really done that against notre dame this year at least not many people have so it'll be a challenge for him i think notre dame will get them into some clear passing situations that benefit the irish and they squeak out a win i'm going to say notre dame ends up winning this right around i actually really like where the over under is at 55 so right in that mold of like 30 to 24 or 31 to 27 somewhere around there. I, I feel like the Irish do pull this out and then they have to go and face Bama uh, nine days later. And I'm, I don't feel good about that one, but the great Clemson team, great Notre Dame team. It should be a lot of fun. I'm excited. And I actually do feel pretty good about it. So go Irish. They're going to be wearing the, the white jerseys with the green gloves, the green shoes, and have kind of a little like metallic gold going around the numbers. So, should look a little bit different, but kind of cool. So mm-hmm. I'm going to buy into Ian Book and say that he outperforms Trevor Lawrence and so the Irish find a way to win.
0: Hey, I'm right at that 34-20, 31-24 uh, Clemson win. But, hey, the best part about this, Kent, is your season's over after this game either way, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs>
1: Sadly, yeah, it probably is. That's true. Like, Notre Dame should just pull UCF, and if they win, they just claim their national champ. Be like, well, I mean, that, well, I mean, to be fair, like, that other team doesn't really compete with us, right? So no. we're just going to declare ourselves national champs. It is funny that Brian Kelly said that. Uh, he was asked in his press conference after they made the playoff about, well, what would you have done if you didn't make the playoff? And you can tell he was in a really good mood, but he just sort of joked and went like, well, we, well, we were just going to pull uh, central Florida and we were going to declare ourselves national champs. And I already have a statue that's getting built of me outside the stadium that was ready to go honoring a a championship. So, you know, I have the parade lined up and everything. So, you know, if we didn't get in, we were still going to be champs either way. So so just kind of poking a little fun at that.
0: I mean, that's a shocking story, Brian Kelly in a good mood. Wow.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. Hopefully he's in a great mood on Saturday night in Mm -hmm. Dallas.
0: Should be good. Hope the weather gets better because that's what we're gonna. You know, I know it's not. That's
1: yeah, AT&T Stadium. I know. I, know. I just
0: you know, people are out there to you know spending their hard earned money and uh, hope they enjoy it. And it's not just a nightmare in Dallas. Well,
1: how do you know it's all hard-earned? I'm sure some of it's not.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. We find a way to bring it back there at every point. And uh, I, I there was one quote in your analysis where you talked about Clemson Notre Dame just to wrap it up, Kent, where you said this another not a direct quote. You don't want to hear about speed, you don't buy that anymore so i'm just I'm just looking out for you. I don't want you to incriminate yourself.
1: That's a good point that's very true. That was a
0: past life and anymore. uh you make some mistakes and you clean it up. that's all couple bad bets you'll be right back in that past life if I know you so um but hey we're we're excited. this was a good show Ken thanks for coming on and we're gonna do one more in that week before. With the title game, because we got to talk prop bets and a lot of uh, a, lot, yeah, a lot of other things. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there any other? Yeah, bets? Prop bets. Yeah, yeah. We got to we got to mention prop bets. Those are huge for the title game. It's it's getting us ready for the NFL playoffs, which we'll talk about. But I was going to ask you: Is there anything else going on right now from the outside college football world that's uh, got your betting uh, eyes locked in?
1: Uh, I think right now I'm so focused on this college football playoff and what's happening there. I really haven't thrown myself much into. NBA, yet, or even college basketball, only a little bit. And, you know, I think as that goes on and then you have golf next month, I'm going to be all over, you know, the golf betting, especially when it starts heating up in January and late January. But for now, it's just been a little bit on some of these minor bowl games, enough to sort of just wet the beak, so to speak. And then you get ready for the big games here. So some of the big money starts coming out. You feel good about, as I said, Mississippi State's one I really like, Cincinnati's one I really like. I think the Irish is one I had to jump at and take a pretty high end there mm-hmm. because it was, you know, plus 385. Why not? I'm going to be rooting for them, and I'm going to be all over that anyway. So let's hope they get it done. But nothing else, really. Okay. I think uh, NFL-wise, man, there's been a couple. It's, yeah, NFL is one I almost generally stay away from unless I feel really good about one or two games. And, man, it's just, it's not, It's there's a lot of parody. And, uh, I was saying on a podcast earlier this week that you might get a chance, and let's just say the Colts beat the Titans this week, and for argument's sake, the Bears take care of business against the Vikings, which they're actually an underdog, which I don't get, and the Eagles win. If you get the Eagles in and the Colts in and everyone else is pretty much already in, whether it's Baltimore or Pittsburgh – you're going to have pretty much 12 teams that can make the Super Bowl, and it wouldn't be that surprising. And usually there's, what, five, six, maybe seven in a good year where you like that. Yeah, but now it's like all 12 teams. Like when you have like the six seeds could potentially be Andrew Luck and the Colts, and then the other six seed could be Nick Foles and the Eagles who won it all last year. Like, good luck. I don't know, man. There's a lot of parody in that NFL so I think overall I'd love for your Browns to show up and somehow Baker Mayfield steps up and gets it done i don't have great feeling that they will i'm going to ask you this because i'm curious yeah. if Greg Williams wins this game, is he the head coach of the browns next year I kind of feel like he would be
0: i don't think he is because I think Dorsey is going fi- to has this guy in mind and I think he's going I think he's going to go outside I do and uh it's it's fair to say that Williams has earned the opportunity based on how well he's done but I just don't see it happening. I don't think Dorsey's going to make him full-time. I also am a conspiracy theorist, so I don't know if the NFL would allow <laughs> the head of Bounty Gate to be a full-time head coach, but that's just for the dark side. I was going to
1: say, I think if Greg Williams doesn't get it, he might put a hit out on John Dorsey. Also, <laughs> I, I, it sounds like when you bring bringing up conspiracy, maybe Condoleezza Rice, is she back in play? Oh,
0: oh God. Well, that that's gonna do it for the NFL portion of this. One thing before I let you go, Kent, I am in don't think I'm not in on plus three fifty team USA to win world juniors in hockey. Gotta 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 ride with the stars and stripes there. It's basically them in Canada. Yeah. Just about I every mean, year. I mean, I don't know.
1: <laughs> so. I, I almost always feel like Canada. I mean here's the thing, there's a reason they're plus three fifty, but yeah. beating fifty juniors that's a tall tap.
0: It is. It can be done. I'm hopeful it's on it's in Canadian soil too, so that's a tough one. But no at Rice. Very, I, I do respect you, but stay away from my Browns. And uh, that's Shouldn't be we
1: awesome. one time, by the way, shouldn't we one time just invade Canada quickly, own that country for like a decade, mm-hmm. have all those people have to claim that they're now Americans, and then after that, that decade go, you know what, you guys can have it back, but we just wanted to prove our point that we're always here waiting if you really want to get after us. because It would be fun for just a decade to be like, yeah, all these top Canadians, uh. you're now Americans for now. <laughs>
0: Right. I, I can't I can't fully agree with that. I see what you're saying, and I'm gonna cut you off before you go to other countries that we could do that with. But <laughs> all right, Ken Brown, this is Running With The Money. Hope you had a good holiday season. Thanks for coming on. This is fun. Absolutely. Take care, Mitch.
1: I'll talk to you soon.